This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we go. We do a podcast for you on this lovely Tuesday. Al, what is up, man? Oh, hi there, Jerry. Uh, so I was wondering if you do this, this might be somebody, this might just be me because I have a little extra time on my hands, Jerry. Do you ever go through, do you ever go to an open house if you're not really looking for a home? Recently, no, but we have done that in the past to kill some time on a Sunday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go look at this place. Yes, we have. Because sometimes that. you get like ideas. You yes. go, oh, they do. And that's exactly why when we moved into this house, yeah. we went and looked at like two that my wife saw to get dining room ideas and flooring ideas. And that's exactly what we did. The problem is if you go into an open house that's bigger and better and more expensive than your house, you start to talk yourself into that you could afford this oh, for sure. new yeah. open house. I think a lot of people rationalize a lot of expenses the yeah. wrong way. Sure. I went into an open house, a condo in Bradley Beach this weekend. Okay. Because it was a condo in a building that I had looked in prior. Okay. Um, and it was cheaper than my current condo. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see, like, hmm, what if I go to a less expensive condo and pocket some cash selling my condo? You sure. know what I mean? Oh, so you were thinking about selling yours and buying something else? It, it, not seriously, considering just wanted to see. Yeah. But once you start doing the math, like, it's not all that much mm-hmm. of, of a difference. But anyway, it got me thinking, like, one, like, the girl who was showing the condo was yeah. a younger real estate agent. Okay. And I wondered, like, mm, this is normally the biggest purchase you are making, right? Mm-hmm. Your house, yeah. car second. Would you trust a younger real estate agent? Or do you want a weathered person who's been through it all, seen it all, has run into everything? Or do you want to go get a younger person? I think if I... So I would need three things to know that I'm good. Okay. I need to know my lawyer knows what he's doing which I have, a, I have a real estate attorney, so I'm good there. Uh, or I've used them you know, several times. I need to know that I have a, a good handyman that's going to go walk the... If we make an offer, he's going to go walk it with me. The inspector after, dude. No, after the home inspector oh, goes Oh, okay. In. Wow, okay. You got an extra layer there. I like that. And the third one is a home inspector that knows what he's doing that's not going to pick the place apart. Those three things... The me to me, I don't. I'm not going to be too concerned with the real estate agent fumbling it because I would think 
that the real estate agent, unless she's got her own company she just started, but if she's working for Century 21 or Gloria Nielsen or whatever, she's going to have help behind the scenes. So, And when we bought this house, as an example, the real estate agent we used was a friend of Kim's who was only in the business a couple of years, um, and she had help. So, yeah, it would, it would not steer me away from it, no. I almost think of it like a how was she like, hot? Like a pilot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would like uh, my real estate agents like pilots. Uh, someone that looks uh, old enough to have some experience. Okay. Not too old that they're going to go senile. Not too young that they haven't been through things. All right, fair enough. But those you make great points with that. I hadn't considered that. Like if you've got the lawyer who's looking at all the paperwork mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Then I was thinking like, what do you? what's the standard... For like, let's say you sell a house for five hundred thousand dollars, five percent, five percent. So twenty five grand, yeah, goes to the. It doesn't go to the one no, man or woman selling your house. They th- split. This is why you want to buy and sell a home with the same agent. The agent wants you to do both with them. They want to sell your home, and they want to help you buy a home, which they tell you not to do, because or no, that you shouldn't buy a house. From the listing agent. Okay. How do they say that? Like if, uh, like this is what I did when I very first, like it's like, let's say I, uh, let's say I don't have a real estate agent. Okay. And I see a condo for sale Mm -hmm. and I call the listing agent and I'm like, oh, this person could just, I'll buy off this person. And then I don't have a, hey, you could sell my house too. They say that you're at a disadvantage because you, you don't have the competitive. I believe that. uh, Things, but. Makes sense. I feel like, I think that's negotiable too. I think you can negotiate. Oh, everything's negotiable. The percentage, but I'm just saying, standard is five percent. But doesn't that sound crazy? Like, especially nowadays. Like, I'm going to sell a five hundred thousand dollar house, and I got to hand over twenty five grand. So, on one hand, it sounds crazy. On another hand, think about how long it takes to from the time you put the house up for sale, yeah, to the time it gets sold. How much work is involved that that person, how many calls they're making, how many times they come over, how many times they sit with you, how many times they talk to you, how many text messages that go well, back and forth. I don't know. Are there that many? Yeah. It's a lot. Because they're responsible for setting things up, getting home inspector. I mean, they do, oh, do, okay. a, they yeah, yeah. do, do a lot. And that 25000 is only 12500 to your real estate agent who doesn't pocket it all. They then have to split it with their realtor. Right. So that realtor, you got to think of it this way. So that twenty five grand gets split four ways minimally. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she's she or he is probably walking away with about six thousand dollars, and most times, at least in my experience, selling a house from signing the lawn to keys into the next place is minimum three months. Yeah, why is that? So they're working their ass off for three months for like four or five hundred bucks a week on a twenty five thousand dollar commission. Right, that's a good point. So it doesn't mean that you can't negotiate it down. Of course you can. I think where where people have a problem signing that money over is they go is they think like if you if you were somebody who shopped for a home prior to the the internet, then mm-hmm. you realize like they really the realtor was the only person who was able to tell you what houses were for, for sure. sale, right? Yeah, yes. Or if you, you saw a, it in the newspaper, you had to have an MLS agent number. Yes, to see in there. And now we all could just go on Zillow or Realtor.com and see what's available. So we could say to our real estate agent, I want to go see this house. What about this condo? Well, that's why, and I don't know why, where it ever went, 
the concept of YHD. Remember that website? They Their selling point was, here are all the homes, 3%. They, and I think at the time, I think real estate fees were like 6% back then. And it was like 50% of the fee, 3% realtor fees. Yeah. But you did a lot yourself. It, there is a lot that goes into sell to. There's a lot of crap that goes on with the attorneys, with the towns, with the yeah. permits it's, that we don't think about. You can do it yourself, and I think you'll very quickly realize, you know what? Just hand over the goddamn money and someone do this, please. <laughs> Correct. Let me just yeah, tell I me you're right. out. I think a friend of mine one time did sold by himself, and it was a it was it's a giant pain in the ass. I mean, yeah. you can move yourself too. Now in a condo, you can do it, but like for me, the idea of moving myself out of a house. With five, six rooms or seven rooms of furniture, no thanks. Yeah. I could save myself four thousand dollars. <laughs> I'll pass. Much easier to have five guys. Yeah, everything's take it, please. Yeah, I'll meet you at the other house. Yeah. Also, think about like if you're relocating. Let's say you're you're gonna uh, retire, Jerry, and go to uh, South Carolina. Sure. You don't know anything about any of the neighborhoods. Even yeah. if you go, I want to go near Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. That's when you need like the local real estate agent down there. You're not kidding. That would, and you're trusting their guidance, right? Like you want to go into a certain type of neighborhood, hundred percent, with a certain amenities yeah. and, and things like that. Then you're completely exciting, though. Too like when we moved to, uh, like you've done as well, moving to Matawan and Bradley Beach. When we moved down to Brick, that was a brand new area um, for Kim and I, and it was very. On one hand, it was bizarre not knowing anything around us. Yeah. On the other hand, it was really cool. New restaurants, new stores, new roads. Yeah. Everything was new, and it was fun. It was. Yeah. It, you get used to it, though, quickly, Of course you do. Of course. But there is that There is that time period, kind of like when you get married or whatever, they get in a new relationship is really neat at the beginning. You know, living in a new place, it was, it was fun. Right. It's fresh. Yeah, it is. Like someone asked me the other day, and I know years ago we had this conversation, but every, every time I'm in Iowa, we take the same route back to the Cedar Rapids airport yeah. from the arena and we get stopped at the same light every time. And I'm looking in amazement at what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Panera. I see Chili's. I see the old Bed Bath & Beyond, which is now gone, but I it was still standing there. Um, there was a Olive Garden. And I'm looking around like, oh, and an AMC. I'm like, if I would have just shut my eyes, woke up from a dream and opened them and looked, I'd be like, where are you? Anywhere. I know. That's what stinks. Anywhere. That's that's what really stinks is the, I was reread about this first many years ago in the book Fast Food Nation. Yeah. Which was not just about fast food, but chain Mm -hmm. restaurants, stores, and how it ruins the uniqueness of yeah. cities. Now, there's still a lot of uniqueness if you're living in Iowa. You're going to see a lot of cornfields, and you're going to. It's not going to look like here. I all I'm saying is your day to day life is going to be extraordinarily similar, and it doesn't change all that much, right? It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. They were worried about that after the Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. You know, a lot of Big companies came in and and had the money and the resources to build back up in an area that was hit by the floods, but it changes what the city is if it's charming to it. Yeah, if there's a Home Depot where a local business used to be. There's a, you know Chatham, New Jersey, right? Yes. All right, so that's where I used to have my broadcast studio. Call it what you want, school, whatever. Um, 
there are no big box stores. There's no chains. That town has a law that the that the um, population that their um, citizens passed years and years ago. Joe Tollison lives in Chatham and loves it for that reason. That you are, they will not accept. Like they'd have to pass the law to allow Home Depot to come into Chatham, for instance. Since you bring up Home Depot, very mom and poppy. It's the same as it was fifty years ago. It's kind of cool. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah, I think Gina's town of Spring Lake, New like Jersey, that? is like that. The downtown. Okay. Like, there's no chain it's good. restaurants or sandwich shops. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, it's neat. Especially in a beach town. Yeah. You got to wow. have some part of your... When you're off of a, off of major roadways or highways, yeah, you expect to see that stuff. But if you go to, like, a, a downtown place in America, you want to yeah. see the local people there. I think this... See... And Red Bank, to an extent, has that, though Char is kind of a, a chain. Yeah. Not that I think you think of Char like you think of TGI Fridays. Right. But for the most part, Red Bank, while they do have a couple, still has that feel to it. Freehold, I don't think, the main strip of Freehold, I don't think there's any chain restaurants. I think they're all, like, independently, privately owned private restaurants. Yeah, I think pretty you are sh- correct. Pretty sure. Yeah. But I haven't been there in a while either. Yeah, me neither. I want to go down there. Freehold, uh, freehold. When you go, when you're in Freehold, coming from Matawan, so you're going more west. When you pass the courthouse on the right, there's a traffic light. You make a left, and immediately on the left, right up on the right side, there's a great restaurant. I forget the name of it. Huge, an upstairs, a downstairs. It's got like a brewery, brewery type restaurant feel. They're open to like midnight. It's alive. A lot of young people. Great place to go. They have Federici's Pizza there, Jerry. I don't know. They do. I'm oh, saying. Um, you're asking. Yeah, I don't it, was, know. it was. That was a statement. Not oh, okay. A question. Got it. Federici's Pizza there, and I've been there a couple of times. They have Bruce Springsteen pictures in there because he's oh. from Freehold. There you go. That's how I know about that. Mm. I got to start going to these downtown areas. Yeah. Freehold. You can. The problem is, it's just you know, I don't want to drive 40 minutes to go to dinner. Correct. That's the only thing. I know that's a tough thing, but then you end up going to the same spots, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, I think for me, I'm lucky in that I've got Red Bank within 12 minutes. Um, I've got Madawan that does not have a lot of restaurants, but they got a good handful within seven or eight minutes. And then I got a couple in my knee. So I can. What's your cutoff minute wise for when you go? Eh. Yeah, 15 minutes. 15. I don't want to really. I To be honest with you, anything past Red Bank, I'm out. Yeah. I don't even like crossing that bridge. Like barrel and roost, perfect. I don't need to go across the bridge. I'm on this side. I'm, you know, once you start going further than that. Yeah, I feel like 20 minutes is a good cutoff for me. Yeah, that's fair. But you're right. Like I'll look in places like Long Branch and it's like 25 minutes. Is it really? "Mm." Yeah, like things are farther than you think. Yeah. See, Seabright for me is no more than 15 minutes. Right down Route 36. Yeah, see, that one's probably a 25 minute spot for me also. Because I don't think you can take Ocean Avenue straight to Seabright. I don't think. No. There's somewhere where you have to cut get off. out and back yeah. around. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Then I wrote this down, Jerry, what I was going to ask you. 
What does Jerry Recco look for in a car? Um, what are your top priorities? Fuel efficiency because of our job. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't give a crap. But fuel efficiency is one. I like... Where's price fall in that for you? Do you have a... You'd be like, I definitely am not going over this certain amount. All right, for me, not my wife, yeah, for, for my you, car. Yeah, for you, it's a car you're going to commute to work It's a good question, in. too, because my car, I've got 175,000 miles yeah. on my car, and it's something i got to start thinking about. Right, When do, is that when you start thinking, 175? Uh, no, I start thinking when I start bringing it to Phil too much. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it thinks it's starting to go, and you go, what am I doing? Well, i got to tell you, it is running phenomenally right now, but I do think about it because I think once I hit the 200,000 mark, which will be sometime later this year i really got to contemplate it i don't think for me personally with the way i beat up these cars used car um three to four years old is what i look for uh, max 25 grand i mean it's it's insane because i ain't writing that check i have to finance it yeah i think that i think that's a good number that yeah. you could get for a a car that's like coming off a lease. Yeah, I look in the grand. fifty to sixty thousand mile range to where I can get one hundred and fifty thousand miles out of it. That's and, what I look for. And what's your gas situation when you go? Okay, what, what uh, am I looking for? It's here? got minimum twenty eight miles per gallon. Minimum. I would prefer it more. I yeah. really, I really do think I've got a few cars I like that I've thought about already. Um, the Prius is one I've told you about that numerous times. I would absolutely go back to the Prius. Um, I would love the Ford Bronco, but that doesn't quite fit in the whole price or the miles per uh, price the miles MPG. parking it on the streets of the New York parking City doesn't work. Um, I, other than I don't know, I, I, do you I, take things into account like traveling in bad weather, snow, or is it I so don't infrequent? Because my, no, because my wife has the expedition. Oh, okay, so if I know if the weather's terrible, like snowstorms mostly. I know she'll be home from work and I can take the truck. So I don't I don't really worry about that too much. What about your infotainment center? Yeah, no, that's something it's gotta be I've had a couple of cars that were terrible. It's boring. It is boring. So once like, you get one or hard a, to go back. Or in a rental car with, with a big screen. It's hard oh, to go back. Man. Yeah, no, I agree. This car I have now, this GTI, has I think a very cool uh, for a small car. I like it. I don't want to go backwards. Yeah. From Can't there. go backwards. So that is important. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm starting to think the same thing because I'm at like 100 and... I feel like you just got your car. I know. No, I'm at 125,000. You know what? You're doing what? 140 miles a day now? 120? 120. Yeah. 130. That fast. Yeah, it goes fast. But you start to think like, what about that balance of... This is the other thing I always think about with cars. The balance of, I got my money's worth out of this car all these miles. Yeah. And what could I get for it in a trade-in or sale? We're so far past that. I think once you go past that 120,000 mile, I think the price comes so far down. I think it's like handing in a hunk of tin. (laughs) And they're basically going to give you a couple thousand dollars for the weight of it so they can go melt it. (laughs) I love when you get because I used to get these from uh, my Subaru dealer. Yeah. Uh, You know, you get those generic letters in Mm -hmm. the mail. Hey, we're very interested in buying your Subaru. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, but what it doesn't say is they tell you, we'll give you like $13,000 for it. Yeah. Then you bring it in. You got 160,000 miles on this. How about I give you 1,500? <laughs> and the mirror was just kicked in. Right. We're not interested. Depends on how desperate they are to move cars to, though. Yeah. Because they will certainly overlook some things if there's an abundance of an inventory. 
And yet, if people are buying cars, the interest rates are good. They'll tell you to stick it up your ass. <laughs> like, I'm not giving you crap for that yeah. car. I don't need to sell you a car. I got nine people waiting online right now. Yeah, it is such a balance. It's a game. Everything in life is a game. Yeah, trying just to balance it out. Go, I gotta. I want to get a little bit for my car, but then there's also something that makes you proud of. Like, I got everything out of this car. Yeah, no one even wants it. It's so abused and yeah well and there's also used. for me i know you buy your car like you write a check out for your cars i don't the I last one i did yeah right. so i don't do that i got too many bills i gotta pay so i finance it so i'm at a point now where i think my car will be paid off in nine i think eight or nine months i think which is right in line with what i'm talking about time to go get a new car there's a part of me that wants to try and keep it for a year or two after that and enjoy not having a car payment but i might hit yeah. three hundred thousand miles then yeah so you're right. The last time I wrote a check for my car, yeah. but I only was able to do that because when I traded my other one in, I think it was maybe a seven thousand dollar difference. Okay, but oh, wow. the, but the longer I that's the thing though, the longer I keep this one, the less it's worth. Yeah, the every, less every <laughs> day. And then if you yeah, if you don't want to have a car payment, you're uh, yeah every day. Like you said, there's more. You lose value. You lose value. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's the most amazing Balance. thing. How a house can increase in value as it's getting older and older and older, and yet a car, like a week after you buy it, is worth 80% of what you just paid for. It. Yes. It's really amazing. And it's also funny, too. Like, if you go look at a house and they go, um, we just put a whole new roof on this, you'd be like, holy crap, that's awesome. If I said, here's my car, I just put a new transmission in it, you'd be like, oh, my God, this car's already, the transmission's gone on. <laughs> What's next? Like, why did you just put money into that? Yes. I know. So yeah. weird. I know. It's, it's it's interesting what is an investment and what is a liability. Yeah. And a car is a liability, but a necessity. Yes. You know, there's where we live in our hours, There's there are no choices. Yeah. So. And then uh, you always go like, uh, oh, well, if I get a used car with this many miles, I need to count on this to get me to work every for sure. day. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other part. Like, I know my car. So I know that there's nothing wrong with it right now, even though it's got 165,000 miles on it. I go buy another car that's got 50,000 miles on it. What if in three weeks the, they knew the transmission was faulty? You don't know until you've got it for a certain amount of right. time. They still say, I, I was just seeing a financial guy recently of uh, top used cars to get. Yeah. Those Camrys are still... Toyota's unbelievable. It, yes. Year after year, yeah. the Toyota and the Honda. Yeah. It's really incredible. I would even venture to say the Corolla is the way, because they are really sharp now. They used to be a, a junky, yeah. cheap car, and they are on the lighter side price-wise. But the design of the Corolla now, to me, I wouldn't get the Camry. As nice as the Camry is. Is the Camry of the lower model or the... The higher... No, the Camry's a more expensive so one. So Corolla's their, lo their lower I would say Corolla's probably their lowest model, and yet really nice. Really nice. Like, I look at some of them parked outside, I'm like, wow, that's Corolla. Yes. Damn. I do that too sometimes with cars. Yeah. When, when it's the lower, or what was historically the lower mm -hmm. end model where you thought was junky. Yeah. And then, by the way... Even if you took like a a lower end model car and you put what looks like an iPad as the screen, it looks phenomenal. <laughs> I know. Which, I'm like, mm, sign me up for this car. Yeah, it is. Friend of mine just bought. He's like, uh, he hadn't bought a new car ever, and he's yeah. uh, he's I think maybe a year older than me, so he might be fifty fifty one. And he, it's funny we're having this conversation now because just last weekend he's like, yeah, hey, I bought my first new car, 
And I'm like, oh, good for you. I'm like, must have cost you a fortune. He's like, no. He goes, I searched out something affordable, and he got the Hyundai Elantra. And I saw, I'm like, this is gorgeous. He goes, yeah, cheap too, only 34. I'm like, 34? Like, holy crap, cheap. Like, that's where we're at now. A cheap new car is $35,000. Think about that. I don't think I've ever paid $30,000 for a car. I think every car I bought was under that. I, me neither until I until I got Kim the Expedition. That was that was forty eight. That was used. That came off a lease that had, I want to say forty two thousand miles on it, and she's put in like three years fifty thousand on it. Yeah, it's a great vehicle, but but it's funny because you know my mechanic Phil, he's like, hey, so you know you're approaching a hundred thousand miles. He goes, you thinking of getting a new Expedition? I'm like, Phil, they're ninety two thousand dollars. <laughs> no. Fix this one, please. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like, he didn't realize that's how much money the new, it's it's insane. Yeah, I'm not really understanding how people are paying for these cars unless the, the lease or the, um, when you take out a loan, are, are they doing 10 years on? I know seven, I believe, is a thing now. I don't know about 10. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out people are affording houses. <laughs> oh, I I remember was. when it was weird when I got a my when I got a new car and I got a five year loan. My father was like five year loan. They were all three all years. All three. Yeah, I know. I well, when you first bought cars, there were no loans. You had the money. Or you didn't have the money. Hey, Mister Ford, I need a car. Okay, fine. It's seventeen hundred dollars. I don't make that. Well, goodbye. Or you'd have to go there with your loan with from the bank. A bank. Loan. Yes. Now where they would like, give you a check. Yeah. That you were responsible for writing the check out to the automotive company. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Where you go walk in there with the, here's, give me the car. Here's my cash. My check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think people ever walk in with actual cash? 100%. A new car place? Yes. I know that actually happens. <laughs> a friend of my brother's is a GM at one of these car dealerships. Yeah. And he absolutely has had people walk in with briefcases of cash. God knows how they made it. Maybe gambling. Maybe stores where they don't count cash. I don't know. But 100% people have bought cars with cash. And then I wonder what the car dealership does with that. They pocket it. <laughs> no, like they car get, like, was stolen. <laughs> but, like, do they immediately run to the bank and be like, "I got to"? Do- well, that or the safe. I mean, you got to figure they have. Oh, that's true. They got to have a safe. They have to. Yeah, I would think. But who knows, man? Yeah, it's an interesting business. Yes, like car GMs make a lot of money. They hit incentives from the um, from the, the 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 head the headquarters. They call it the um, corporate headquarters. Yeah, from the car makers. Yeah. And they they do well. They do very well. What do you think a person selling, let's say, Toyotas? I, I work on the Toyota car dealership lot. And I work, uh, you know, I'm doing 40 hours a week. What do you think I can make? How many cars did you sell? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Because I don't think your hours mean a damn thing. No, I'm just saying, like, if I'm giving you 40 hours, how many cars do you think? What, what type <sighs> of... I'm so curious. If somebody's a car... Salesperson, let me know. I know. I'd love to know this what they guy make. at um, guy at Bueller in Hazlitt. This guy by the name of Kenny. He passed away a couple of years ago, but I bought a couple of cars from him. Really nice guy. I want to say his best month was forty cars. What? His I said best month. I didn't say an average month. Best month because you go through these periods where people literally you got to take a number to get a salesperson because cars are flying off the lot. Um. But I don't think that's normal. So if you figure you're selling 15 to 20 cars a month, I mean, think about how much time that is sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, and I also don't know, like, what percentage they get on a car. I don't either. 
I'm, I have no idea. You know, the houses we know, right? We could do the yeah. math on that. Yeah. We can't. I can't do the math on the cars. And I, I also think they probably get incentives, too. They hit their certain numbers. If you sell 12 cars a month to 20 to whatever, you probably get big bonuses, I would think. I don't know. It's nothing I ever was ever interested in. My brother did it for like six months. Could always uh, talk to him. It must be cool if like you really love a particular type of cars, car, and you sell, like let's say you're really into Porsches. Like I'm in a Ford Mustangs, my favorite car. Yeah. That would be cool to sell the Ford Mustang. Like you wouldn't I be agree. faking, like you'd be no, actually enthused yes. about the car. I completely agree. That would be like, how could you not? Dude, this is a Mustang. What do you mean <laughs> you don't like it? I agree. <laughs> right. That's true. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up program. All right. How can you not like that? That's what I say. Sure.